0: Okay. 50, 50 minutes so we might just have to we, we were pretty close to that we might cruise through a couple of these just a hair faster yes um hello everyone sorry we were just uh, things have been just a little crazy and we're sorry about that we hope some of you are still able to tune in welcome to the good and basic podcast this is our 10th episode and it's a special live stream q a we're an hour late streaming and something happened to our internet connection without so us we actually noticing.
1: recorded a full episode full 58 minutes and it was awesome. It was like, really good. All the questions were flowing. It was really good. Yeah. And you know what
0: happened? It, something weird happened to our internet connection. It was. It still was recording, and it just seems not to have uploaded it at all. So we've only got 50 seconds on the stream. So we are going to go ahead and play this game once again for your benefit. Uh, so we hope some of you... It doesn't look like anyone's watching right now. Uh, but hopefully uh, we'll... Uh, hopefully...
1: At the very least, you're getting a notification about that. episode. It,
0: yeah, in either case, we'll make a recorded episode. So we're also on just a hair more of a time budget than we were before um, in terms of how long we have in the studio. So we're um, going to try to get through everything. We hope this isn't uh, too rushed or, or anything like that. So thank you so uh, much for yeah. tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so so uh, no, just, just a second. So a so, uh, reminder, you can find the podcast anchor.fm slash Basic. Twitter.com slash good and basic. And our Instagram handle is good underscore and underscore basic. That's the I, Instagram. I, I, yeah. I, the I keep Instagram. getting that right, don't I? Uh, okay. Very good. At good and basic, I think is. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then underscore underscore is the Instagram. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So hopefully we can rush through this without feeling rushed. So first question. Did you want to? Yeah. Go right ahead.
1: NSAW1 Gaming question. Do you have any plans with Cody or projects with Cody that you want to do? Short answer to that is yes. Um, after doing the first couple of projects with Cody, we've hung out with him a couple of times. And uh, in the future, I don't see any good reason why we shouldn't do more awesome stuff. Um, you mentioned a cool thing when we were recording this before, which is if you could record anything with Cody, make do any project with him, what would it be? And my answer to that question is two projects. Both of them are organic chemistry. So I, I, I mean, it'd be a new adventure for everybody. But what I'd like to do is extract rubber from common plants that grow locally, like dandelions, um, milkweed, and goldenrod. And I'd like to make some stuff out of rubber. I'd like to make a a solid rubber ball, like a rubber cannonball. You know, like the one they used in the Mesoamerican ballgame. So that would just be insanely cool. Make it out of dandelions;
0: it'd be awesome. Well, and it would also really take advantage of his of his chemistry knowledge, right? Yeah. I mean, chemistry between us two, chemistry is a little more department than 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 a little bit more your department than mine. Uh, I've always felt like my my hard sciences education is woefully inadequate. Um, but but that would really take advantage of his his knowledge. What I would want to do is something that would similarly take advantage of his his knowledge, which is something to do with with chemical recycling, right? Like. I don't know uh, worms that recycle plastic and stuff like that. I mean, that's biology, right? But um, something something that takes advantage of his chemical knowledge. You know, the other thing is his, his geologic knowledge. Geology, right? So There's all sorts so of fun things there that yeah. we could do in terms of uh, precious stones or semi precious stones or just stones. Rocks are cool too. Yeah. So extracting iron, more <laughs> of that. We like iron. Yeah, we, iron's we, a good thing. We do like iron. Iron is kind of our our signature. Uh, it's kind of our signature thing a little bit, right? Because so bit. many people found us through the the Cody's Lab video. We also—I I don't remember if we mentioned it yet on this stream. The two streams are going to blur together for me just a little bit, but um, you know, we're gosh, we're so grateful to, to Cody. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, many of you found us through through his videos, so that's that's been really good for us and very helpful. So awesome. Uh, so Cody, if you're out there somewhere, thank you
2: so much. <laughs> thank you.
1: Um, I'm actually going to come back to that in a minute. One of the other questions we've been asked is, what is the biggest thing that has surprised to you? Lesson. What is the lesson that surprised you the most in the channel? Mm -hmm. For me, it was uh, how willing Cody was to do that first project with us, because at the time we had like 300 subscribers, like, the tiniest you can get basically,
0: (laughs) while still existing.
1: Yes. (laughs) And so I mean,
0: hugely grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. So So the second question is from Xander. That I, I enjoyed this question. I, I hope we answered as well as we did on the last. Sorry, I, I, I'll try not to say that again, but we did, a, I thought, a really good job. It was a shame we lost it on you the know. last stream. Um, how do you find a focus through the variety of projects? And what might be the goal-oriented direction of the totality of the various projects, right? Um, so, well, actually, you have a simpler answer to this, I think. So why don't you tackle that? First? I have two answers for this. The first one is an ambition I've had since I was about 10. When I was 10, um, you know those
1: books and movies where It's a pretty common plot line a person gets like zapped back in time and then it can go one of two ways Either they are a completely useless adult who's like so modern that they can't do anything in this other time where they go Or else they're the person who ends up being like really useful And my goal has always been no matter where I get dropped in history prehistory to present um, I'd be competent useful and so I'm not there yet by any stretch of the imagination, but the goal is to like learn how to do everything, stone age, through the bronze age, through the iron age, through like the steam age, learn how to make gunpowder from scratch, learn how to make steam engines from scratch, learn about agriculture, Like be able to be, do all this stuff. If I wanted to go full legit, I'd have to learn every
0: language ever spoken. <laughs> Probably not gonna get there, but uh, that, that was part of the goal. Well, how to restart civilization from scratch. And another thing you've, you've mentioned to me, uh, at various times when we've talked about this, is the idea of, you know, well, why why go back and do all this sort of historical analysis and historical recreation? And the answer is something like, well, if you go back, you can sort of start to understand the basics of something, yeah. right, the basic components of it, and then you are better informed about how to, how, what kind of technologies we should use, right? Yeah. Which, which, which ancient technologies to bring into the future, what it is about them that makes them any good, and what are the, the right lessons to draw from them without still dying of malaria all the time
1: yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff about the modern world that is better yeah flat out Penicillin, yeah. love it um yeah i snapped my femur into three pieces a couple of years ago and what they did is in order for that surgery to work they had to ram a rod of sanitized titanium <laughs> through the inside of my femur to align the three pieces and then screw it all together um, in other words, just, in just any other a Stone Age surgeon doing that. Right? In any other generation, <laughs> I would have lost my leg and probably my life. And so, I mean, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, massively. absolutely. And also, part Wolverine, so that's kind yeah. of cool. Um, all. Of the, my, so, so, wait,
0: did you get both I, I can, do you have get another one? Yeah, okay.
1: So, you alluded to this idea of bringing stuff forward into the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am interested, not just so. It's kind of as I've researched all this old stuff All these old ways of doing things, how to do them primitive, how to do uh, blacksmithing and textiles and all these things, a little bit. I've started to get really interested in alternatives. So, you know, we think of history as following a single straight line. Actually, it follows more than one line. So, in, let's say, Africa, they went through the Iron Age before the Bronze Age. So, that's an interesting thing. You're like, oh, okay, so apparently you can skip this Bronze Age thing altogether because it's been done. you have the neolithic revolution like the invention of farming happening in multiple places on the
2: planet more or less at the same time independently and so you're like okay which one's better and you can look at two things months better and when you look at the past and the present at the same time you can start to see
1: things that are better in both and that helps you to make decisions moving forward into what
0: to do next And so that's kind of where the good comes into good and basic. One of the things that it saves you from is sort of that chronological snobbery of assuming that just because something came later in time, it must be better. Yeah. And the answer is, well, maybe. Maybe. But you don't know until you've looked at it. But it could also be a weed
1: whacker. Yeah. (laughs) Which, you know, a a weed strimmer, uh, a strimmer gizmo, uh, these things require fuel. Scythes don't require fuel. They're noisy. Scythes aren't noisy. Um, they, they spray, uh, the guts of weeds up in your face while you're working sides Don't do that. I mean, you start looking at the advantages and start thinking, gosh,
0: why did we upgrade? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anyway, so so that's an example. My answer to that question, right. To the question of there's two questions in there for me, what is the goal? How do you find it? And and I think that's actually the right way to look at it is in that order, because, um, for me, I'm not exactly sure what the goal is, right? For me, this has been a, a very, very, very exploratory process, right? which, you know, is is kind of what's going on with the disparity. You know, we post a lot of videos, right? And then there's also this podcast, right? And the question is, um, okay, so what's common across all of those, what's common across all of those videos? And the answer is, I'm not sure exactly, right? I'm still kind of sussing that out, right? I I agree with Joseph about uh, finding the most essential elements, but I, I still very much view it as an exploratory process. Kind of the way you might want to think about it is that all of us, approach the world with uh, a
2: variety of, of, of
0: mental maps filter it right? up for instance, you know that a red light means stop that's a very handy section of your mental map right and even your mental map includes like literal maps of, of your city and where you move right um, so, so something that's really interesting is okay well what happens when anomalous information comes in what happens when some, when you encounter phenomena that don't match the map right? And the answer is well, you want to pay very close attention to it and figure out what's going on, so that you can reconfigure your map properly. Um, and you, so so, for me, part of it is we're encountering. At least this is how I look at it. Is I'm encountering phenomena. We are encountering phenomena, uh, and I'm trying to figure out what the right map is to understand this whole technology and values thing. Um, so that's 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 mostly the way that I would describe it. But that's how I'm approaching it. So yeah. So that's
1: Good. really cool. Thank you. So uh, it's a work in process. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll
2: get pe- to the concept. Parenthetically,
0: before the next question, I just want to, or sorry, you, yeah, the you, concept of t- igloo. We need to talk about the concept yeah, we'll, of the igloo. We'll do that, that in a second. So uh, something I'm, I'm noticing in chat, just so you know, we're no longer in the UK. We had a wonderful trip there. We're still posting footage from it. We've still got, I don't know, like 40 videos that we filmed probably. Probably. Um, so we're actually 13, six a day. Um, so yeah, I, I think... We're still, everything still looks good. So we're going to just keep on soldiering for it. Everything good technologically. Could somebody please comment to confirm that this thing is in its yeah, going? I'm, I, I I suspect it's just that guy having buffering problem, TBH. I hope. Because um, you. you would get a little yellow indicator up there. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Almost. Okay. Well, in any case, I think we better. So Eli asks forward. a question Do you want to
1: always craft things for the rest of your life, or is it more of a hobby that you'll eventually stop doing someday?
0: I don't foresee any time when I'm going to stop. I I can confirm. I've known this guy for, we decided 12 or 13 years. He will never stop making stuff. Yep. That's uh, unless he ends up like in a full body cast. Yeah. No, he'll still find a way. We're blind. He'll still, still no, he'll still find a way. (laughs) Let's let's not, let's not Um, kid ourselves. So yeah, making
1: things. um, I, I think there's tremendous value in making things independent of the things themselves, which is why craft stores can stay open with the ridiculous prices that they charge. I think it's close to a fundamental human, human need, um, more so in some people than others, apparently. But, um, I, I love to learn one of the things that I really like about learning. And you know, of course this requires predicting the future, which is perilous, but, um, one thing that I find really interesting is if I learn about something in theory, like say how to light a fire, with modern tools you know you rub the stick together and that makes a coal and you use the coal to start the fire and it's like
2: yeah
1: okay I think I understand all the steps for that um there's a quote fantastic quote I think it's from Yogi Berra um which is in theory there's no difference between theory and practice in practice there is and this is a, a favorite of yours right yeah yeah no absolutely I but found it through to Taleb anyway awesome um, th- this idea that, you know, you don't know how hard it is until you've tried it. And that really excites me. I'm really excited to learn about how to do these sorts of things. And so, I mean, I got to try it. I hear about this, this thing I heard just the other day about this fermented potato dish that they made yeah. in Peru called togosh, which apparently contains penicillin uh, based on the way that it's fermented. Blew my mind. Now I need to try it to see one, can I make it? Uh, two, will it be horribly toxic if I make it? And three. Uh, will actually have penicillin
0: in it. I mean, in useful quantities. Yeah. Well, and I was saying, you, it, I, I will definitely test that. Right. Like antibiotics are ubiquitous enough now that I would feel okay infecting myself and testing out the bush, and I, I, and still, no. and then I would feel very. Cody would. Cody would. Anyone. <laughs> anyone who will. Anyone who will lick. What, what are the metals he likes again? Uh, it was he had mercury well. yeah like heavy metals yeah okay anyone who will do that would wouldn't that's the next project we're doing with cody apparently so that should be real fun um yeah no I, I i can confirm right like joseph's gonna keep on making stuff forever for for me the question is a little bit more complex i think i will always be doing whatever it is that we're doing on this channel right i see it in an exploratory way i think i will always make things but the the way in which that happens or what that means to make things might might shift uh, not to backtrack too much but i just wanted to parenthetically. Uh, mentioned somebody in the chat uh, talked about how you know you're, you're glad that um, our videos have some kind of deeper philosophic point, right? And and and, th- and that's that that's uh, that that's huge. And that's I, I always want to be doing meaningful things that that involve me and that are creative, right? Whether that means making a Neolithic sickle to harvest wheat like Joseph did the other day, well, who knows? Who knows?
1: Who knows? But so fusing uh, the, the practical and the theoretical, yeah, trying to understand yeah. what it all means and why it is good. Yeah. So good and basic. I mean, that that's the core, and that's where we'll we'll keep doing stuff like that. Absolutely. It's kind of a an un, it's a it's a bottomless mine. So it's something you could just continue to explore forever. Okay. okay. So next question. Yeah. Can I actually look at yours because mine's yeah. not loading properly? So, so let's let's do that. Okay. I'm gonna hit the button, and then we'll see if mine loads too. Okay, oh, question. yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, how, there's how, no, no name I'd, for this one. Yeah. There, there's So the the question is how we met. Right. Um, so we met in high school. We met when uh, I was in my freshman year. He was in his sophomore year. Uh, we met at a little charter school in Utah called Paradigm High School. Which was um, a really, really cool. Place. It was an incredible place. Like I, the way I kind of want to describe it is half temple of learning, playground like of learning and half warehouse. Um, well, we did spend the first two years taking class. Like, the, we didn't have a building. We were in a warehouse. So it was yep. it was a crazy, chaotic, very, very good time. Very exploratory. To give you a sense of what classes were like. Um,
1: so it's a warehouse, right? It's this office, oh converted warehouse office space. Because they didn't have a building yet. And they just barely got their charter from the state. And now we have like two grand students, brand new. tiny. And then you have cubicle dividers sectioning off classrooms. So you can always kind of hear what's going on in the class next door. So and you get taught two, two subjects at once, right? Yeah, Which is so efficient. much more efficient. Yeah. But uh, our Latin teacher, uh, Mr. Simmons, um, had us write a formal declaration of war in Latin, you know, like two sentences. And then we walked over into the next class, just over the cubicle divider, and had a, somebody read it off to them in, in very bad school Latin. And then we attacked them with paper balls crumpled up and had a paper war over the, the, the walls of the building. And discussion was a huge element, discussion, trying to figure out what things meant. Um, in many ways, the the philosophical side of what we do here on the channel started there. So that was cool. But actually, the way we became friends, we were sitting in biology class. And we would both oh, open we, oranges. We, we met a little before that. We met but, a little but before. Ahead, ahead. But like, you know, just kind of acquaintances. And then we both would sit in this classroom, which was the period right before lunch. And I would open up my orange and you would open up your orange. And then we would try to squirt the orange peel oil in each other's <laughs> eyes. And thus we became
0: friends. For, we, were loose acquaint- we were acquaintances to kind of distant friends for about two years. You graduated uh, after your junior year and went to community college. Um, I, when you graduated in your junior year, I just finished my sophomore year, obviously. Um, and it was kind of after that that we really started uh, picking up. We, uh, you know, Our, our friendships started becoming, becoming a lot closer. That's where we we, there was a summer that we spent. Yeah. I, I think it was, we, we set it out. It must have been after my junior year and after you had already done a year of community college. That's the one. Um, yeah, it, where we, we uh, Ninja, Elf, Pirate, Wizard. We, we, we set, set out to learn to as much as we could and do as many awesome things and to as we come. Ninja, Pirate, Elf, King, Wizard, Front Yard, Paving Stones. Well, not my first time, oh. but our first time together. Uh, paving stones, to make compressor,
1: Anglo-Saxon mead hall. Yeah, using the, and he job.
0: was teaching in a taekwondo studio at the time, so he was doing that. I was teaching myself kung fu forms from uh, internet videos and and books. Uh, so it was awesome. The, the, we didn't get nearly as much done. We, we oh, it, was, it, was, it was. It was. I think in some sense you could say the genesis of the KX. Are you guys in Utah? Yes, yes, we are. And, uh, at a basement garden. That's You're awesome. one to talk about there being too much done. Uh Like. <laughs> That's awesome. That's that's really cool. Um uh, 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 Let me think about that one for a second if that's okay and we'll come back to what it. What would an overabundance even look like? So so that's how we met. We did that summer together. Yeah. Joseph went and served an LDS mission in the Netherlands. I went a year later, I went and served an LDS mission in Peru. We reconnected after, wrote a little bit during our missions. Uh, and then one day Joseph is like, Hey, do you want to start a YouTube channel? I've already Made it and uploaded the first video, and I was like, "Yeah, let's do this thing." So yeah, uh, and now here we are. Yep. So there we go. Um, yeah, all
2: right. I awesome. want to take
0: the next question. I'm gonna. So, sorry. We are sorry about the thing. buffering. I don't know what it is. We're on our university's connection, so it should be blazing fast, but should be. Should who be knows? And is our unfortunately different who knows, base. man? Yeah, theory and
2: practice. Ambric- this again. Mm. Okay. Gross here, but I- um, I'll take this one. So. Yeah. Well, you are the dogbane expert, so
1: I've only ever found it in one place and that's next to my old apartment. Uh, My wife and I and the kids were playing over by the side of this hill and I was looking at this weed and I was looking at it and said, oh my gosh, that's dogbane. And then I confirmed I I, I was able to work with it. So the short answer is I don't know very many who kind of rot just standing there uh, in the stock form out in the field, then you will find um, it's much, much easier to process. Uh, if you harvest it fresh, the fibers are bright white. They look like fishing line, and they're about stuff. So that's what I'd recommend. You can find it in ditch banks all over the place in Utah and Idaho. Um, there are some varieties which are toxic, which I understand grow in the south, southern United States. But the one around here, you can actually eat the pods. Um, and they kind of taste like asparagus. So
0: that, that's what I would recommend is milkweed. Amen. Uh, <laughs> Like, I I don't know enough about document, so that's Joseph's department. By the way,
1: if you guys find a really good and efficient way to remove milkweed fibers, that's a project that I'm really excited about right now, is I want to find a way to harvest it to textile quality cheaply and efficiently and with less whipping it all with my thumbnail, which is what I've been doing right
0: now, and I need to find something better than that. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, the next question is from Kestrel. Uh, how often do you start a project but don't finish it? And why is the reason it is not finished? Is it because the project failed? And he says, it seems like we show those very often, the video failed, et cetera. Um, so actually, I think first of all, we need to explain the Igloo thing. So this is the way that our conversations tend to work. And actually this is the way the question is, our answer to the question is going to work. So so there we go. But uh, what we'll do when we have conversations, and this happens over the course of one conversation then also over the course of like 10 months, right? is Joseph and I will talk about one thing for a little bit, right? And then we'll move on to the next subject, the next topic that doesn't appear to be related to many people, but to us, those two things are very related, right? And then we'll uh, go on to the next. And so each of those different topics is like a block in an igloo. Jumping from this topic, let's say Gerdel's proof. We're talking about
1: mathematical proofs that show that things are incomplete. Okay, that's fascinating. Then we jump over here to Roman politics at the uh, transition from say in the late republic yeah and then we jump over here to how to make stuff totally from scratch using only stone age tools say how to make a neolithic sickle and then the next thing is like s'mores let's make s'mores <laughs> in a can and then eventually we circle back to girdle's proof and yeah. so it's like the
0: second layer on an igloo and we're kind of building this thing in, in so and, 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 and this know. will happen over the course of a single conversation and then also also over longer periods of time so in the same conversation we'll spend like five
2: ten minutes to it, it, I, don't know
0: if, I don't know if I know other people who do this. Like, it seems like just an, kind of an idiosyncratic thing that we do, but um, th- that was on our channel fundamentally work, right? Like, you know, in January, we posted the video hunting bogor with Cody, and then we didn't do the smelt until March. So I would say, you know, the, the way I would think about it is uh, we, oh, excuse me, it, it, it's, you know, we, we always, we're never finishing projects, excuse me. We always have a lot of unfinished projects, not because we're not going to finish them, but just because we got like 30 on the burner and so we've moved on to the next one and eventually we'll work our way back around so and it's with actually the, been with the bog ore we worked our way back to the smelting and i think the tentative plan is to do i think two more iron smelts before the summer's out yep, we collected the um, ore for that uh
1: two weekends ago for a lot of these there are practical reasons why we don't finish them all at once and there's some
0: practical reasons for having a lot and, of and part of it is also just the exploration right oh yeah like, trying You just to figure things out you, you just I don't know. Our minds just seem to work in igloos, or maybe our mind, our like mind meld works as an igloo. I'm not sure if it's you or me or us or the combination of us both. But uh, so. Well, and, you know, in some sense, that's a strength, right? Like I mentioned, we're, we're exploring, and so we're trying to, oh, okay, well, some people seem to think they do the igloo thing, too, based on the climate. That's good. That's good. I, I think so. With, um, with the iron smelting in particular, I want
1: to want to talk about that yeah, right for out. a moment. Um, where we live, there are burn restrictions during part of the year where you're not allowed to set fires outside, which makes iron smelting hard. And so what we, we had to wait until the burn restrictions got lifted, in other words, it's with waiting for a moment of clear weather or for the winter to be over. So that's why that one happened. Um, In other cases, it's because we need to compile footage. and We don't have enough footage to make a full video yet, yet, again, being the operative word. So there's a lot of reasons for the igloo. Some of them are practical. Some of them are a matter of chasing lots of interests. But uh, if you're interested in the making them from scratch uh, project, we're going to get that one. We're going to make that happen. Uh, Hammer, anvil, and tongs without using a hammer, anvil, and tongs, that will happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I would say is we, I mean, it, nothing ever goes exactly how it's supposed to, but we are, we, we are juggling all the failed projects and like half projects or things that are just so fast. But those don't make it to YouTube. So you shouldn't no. know about those in theory. Right? Yeah. Gosh. What, At least they don't make it to YouTube. I
1: think of a failed project.
0: You know well. what? One that just hasn't worked out well is is getting primitive bellows to work consistently in a way that we like. Yep. So we've switched over to an electric fan every time. I guess because we just don't have an apprentice to 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 do it for yes. us. Well, we found we discovered one of the problems with the Japanese box bellows
1: when we were forging just the other day, and that was that uh, the Japanese box bellows is cool because it provides a high volume of low pressure air. You don't want a lot of high pressure, like an air compressor going into your forge because that blows the coals around, but you do want it to breathe a lot of air at a low pressure. So fairly wide hole, letting it through and um, the outlet pipe for the bellows was constricting it too much so that it wasn't getting all that much air into the forge in the first place. We fixed that temporarily and then upgraded to the fan because we just wanted to focus on the forging and not on on the fiddling with the bellows. Yeah. Do you want to hit the next question? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. How do you balance yeah, you projects, YouTube, slash, job, slash, family? So we really we tackle one. that maybe at the end. At the end, or do you yeah. want to do yeah. more like I, I, Well, I'm, I'm just worried because we uh, we only have 24 minutes left. So we've got to crack through what we've got. Let's crack through um I, I do want to get to that one. yeah it's so a, a good question fast. it's a very fair
0: question actually one thing i'll just mention parenthetically because it's very fast is you know this i mean this is a concern for both of us we're putting quite a bit of time into the channel right and, and uh, although we are making a little bit of money from ad revenue we're uh, not yet at the point where we could do it full-time which you know well that, that's that's something that we're that we're interested in so you know if, if you do want to share a video with a friend or give us a, a shout out on social media we would sure appreciate that and that would help us kind of kind of push through this uh this intermediate period we're in so so if you're willing to do that we'd be very grateful
1: Uh, i I want to tackle this one for just a moment sure yeah okay so uh for me it's been a more difficult thing to balance all those things emotionally than it has been in terms of time right now i'm uh, a law student which bizarrely is actually a really good time to start a youtube channel because right now i don't have a job um and so I mean, as a student, I mean, you're constantly stressed about papers and the thing that you, that's due next, but the number of pressures that are on you is not all that much. And I spent a lot of time as a student. And so I, I kind of just triage my assignments and, and I have time. I mean, I can do that. I also have a wife and three kids um, and trying to make sure that I am not obsessing about YouTube has been a massive challenge for me. Um, it's been something that I've gotten worse at and better at here and there. But try to make sure that my priorities are in the right place, separate from my time. My priority, I, I need to make sure that my heart's in the right place. And that is something I've gotten better at. But uh, I, I'd say that's a bigger bigger challenge. When your heart's in the right place, it flows a whole lot easier. And I need to make sure that that's healthy. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Do you want to read off the next question? Yes. I'll happily read off the next question. So this question is, what is the most unexpected lesson you have learned so far? Question by Kay Winter.
0: Uh, Do you want to take it first? Uh, Yeah. The first thing that I think about is uh, one of the things that I was surprised by, I think a little less than you were surprised by, but one of the things that I've been surprised by over the last six months has been how overwhelmingly positive the experience of, of running a YouTube channel has been in terms of. Interacting with you all in the comments, uh, the, the reception, the way discussions in the comments have gone, so on and so forth. Um, so that was something that was really interesting to me. Like, I, I mean, I know and everybody knows that the internet can be can be a very nasty, unfriendly place from time to time. I my master's thesis in English uh, was actually about online trolling, and so you know, I, I know as much as anyone that there's no particular reason why an online environment. Would be friendly right and why why you'd have a positive reception so I've, i i would say i've been deeply grateful for the positive reception and then also it's made me think huh i wonder if there's a lesson here that we can apply to public discourses there are there lessons from the comments in our youtube videos that would teach us something about how public discourse could could be less toxic and more helpful and productive for everybody so so well i mean that's not so much a lesson as a question but. The lesson is, there's something here. And the question is, what's the
2: something? So. That's, that's, that's what I would say. Still pondering it. So thank you. Thank you for the incredibly uh, supportive response
1: that you guys have offered. Thank yeah. you. Did you want to say anything about that question? Or? Uh, yeah, I actually uh, alluded to this before. Um, the biggest single surprise, <clears throat> surprise lesson for me has been how, uh, how willing Cody was to do that first collab with us um that was i'm so kind that, that's the word um and quite generous and i'm, I'm extremely grateful for that um we we have a, a goal in the future to every year around that same time that he did the club with us to celebrate cody day by doing a, a collab or shout outs with uh much smaller youtubers And uh, I, I think that would be a cool thing to pass forward
0: yeah. for basically forever yeah 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 absolutely Okay. Anything else you want to say on that or are we ready for the No, next I think we're ready for the next question. Okay. So the next question is from John. And the question is, are you guys Mormon? And how did you guys meet? So we already answered the second half of that question, how we met. Um, we are both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I, I think it's already obvious we live in Utah. Um, both of us, uh, well, I just graduated from Brigham Young University. You went to, you're still going to Brigham University. Um, it's actually kind of interesting that this should come up because this is something that, uh, we were talking about a little bit before the stream that we've also talked about a little in the past is exactly how to uh, how, how how to sort of uh, address uh, address uh, you know, our, our religious beliefs in, in reference to the channel. You know, I think it's true for most uh, members of our church that that their religion is so tightly meshed with their lives that it's not always easy to separate. And I think in many ways, um, in, in 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 many ways, like. Uh, both of our both of our religious beliefs and ideas uh, ideas from our religion have have uh, propelled the ideas in the channel forward, right? So 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 it's an interesting well it's an interesting question, right? And we were talking about how how exactly to talk about that. So yeah. now I've said something. You want to say something? Absolutely. So there, there's a there, mm-hmm. okay sorting this up on the right. One. Well, well, you're you're giving a talk in church tomorrow, actually. So not only I are you a, you a member of the sermon. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, but you're also preaching to the congregation I, I so am, tomorrow. So. Couple of interesting things.
1: Uh first off, the name uh is not uh a Mormon. Um the the name Mormon is actually a reference to the Book of Mormon, uh which is a little bit like talking about the Book of John or the Book of Peter. Um the book of the Bible is subdivided into a lot of different books. The Book of Mormon is also subdivided into books. One of those books is the Book of
0: Mormon. And so calling us all Peter's is kind of what. Well, I mean be. I can see the historical reason for it because yeah. because the Book of Mormon is the book of scripture that's Pretty hyper unique to us. Pretty hyper unique. Uh, although there's some there's some funny exceptions, but well sure. that's that's another story. So so that's um, the first thing. The, the name is the Church of Jesus Christ, so Latter-day really Saints, it, Christian it, Church. P- um, Parenthetically, it, it is um also true. Like Joseph and I take the Book of Mormon as, as scripture, as the Word of God. But um even if you're not interested in a religious sense, um I, I would recommend picking it up. I think it's uh it has lessons of profundity comparable to the Tao Teaching in the Bible. So um, so even if you're not interested in a religious sense, I would definitely recommend it just as, as as a book to 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 read and study and pick up and see if you find something of value in it. Um also if you do happen to be more curious about the church, you can go to I'm sorry, they've been switching around the websites. Is it come unto Christ.org? It's come to Christ. Okay, yeah, yeah or, or, or churchofjesuschrist.org. You can get a free copy of the Book of Mormon if you if you'd like, if you're curious about that for either religious reasons or just or just out of curiosity. Um, okay, I just That's said something a, now. It's your time to say something
2: again. Yeah.
1: Um so trying, trying, trying to sort out the order of ideas here. Well, let's talk about my mission. Um, when I was 19 years old, I went and served a uh, religious mission uh, for the church, um, a, a two-year religious mission. So I was a full-time uh, unpaid missionary for two years uh, between the ages of 19 and 21. Um, and that, that's one of the major experiences of my life, major adventure. Uh, during that time, I learned to speak Dutch. Um, spent a lot of time uh, in Amersfoort, mostly. That was the area, that the city that I spent the most time in. And I uh, I saw miracles, man. I, I saw, I got to work with a lot of really cool people. Basically what missionaries do is they, they explain the church. So if someone is interested, um, they send these 19 and 21-year-old uh, kids to go and explain the doctrines of the church and kind of explain what it is that we do. The, the short version of that is um, that if you want to learn about God, you need to talk to him yourself and have an individual relationship with God. And that, um, scripture is, uh, written down by people who have had these, this relationship with God and had uh communication with him. Basically there's two ways to know about God. One is to argue about it and kind of conjecture. And the other is to, you know, talk to him. And when it comes to religion, I'm very much an empiricist. And so, um, that, that was what we did. Um, I'd say, Hey, this is what I've experienced. Um, Uh, maybe, maybe if you would, if you're interested, you can ask God your questions and get answers. And this is, this is how that happens. Um, so yeah, um, that's my experience there. There's a principle, um, that is taught in the church, which I really like. Um, this was articulated by Joseph Smith, who was the founding prophet. And he said that we embrace all truth and that all truth is circumscribed into one great whole. And so, um, I don't feel any uh, fear of other religions, other doctrines, other cultures, uh, any of those, because my my sense is, and this is actually core to... Well, it's part of the channel, too, it's, right? It's the exploratory process, for sure. It's I want to examine the way other people do things and extract what is true and good from it and pull that into my life. And everywhere, I mean, everywhere, even if it's the barest seed of something true or good... And even if I can't really identify where the wines are, I mean, that deserves some investigation. I want to I want to suss it out. And so that that's a key idea that that's that is a part of my religious belief that has then infused the channel uh, is this idea that I, I am open to all truth and I want to extract the good bits
0: and, and be mining for it constantly. You know, I think on on that note, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the sort of the, the, the experiential, as you say, the empiric component to it, right? Uh, for me, being a member of the church has been an overwhelmingly positive experience. Uh, difficult in many ways, which is not surprising, but, but, um, but, but you know, well, well, it's, you know, un- hard experiences are not fun, but they're also, they also can be very, like I said, it's been overwhelmingly positive um, for me personally. I think we'd also be remiss if... Um, we didn't this is related to the whole name thing right and why we prefer to refer to ourselves as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints instead of Mormons um is 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 because what, what we would want you to know about us is that uh, our religious beliefs are centered around Jesus Christ um so that's probably a pretty decent summary yeah anything else we need to add or um yeah so well, uh, yeah. Next question. That, that, that's something. I, I uh, that's something that's very important to both of
2: us. Right. So, well, that's actually been one that we've been wondering, like, how to how to how to talk about
1: for all the reasons we just discussed. So. Question next is from Bardan, and this one is a really fun one. This is okay. Uh,
0: yeah, this is. A, we we already talked about the how to balance things, right? Yes. Yeah, so okay. About yeah, how to I don't think life. I have anything particular to add about that. Oh, I will just no. I will say one thing actually about balancing. Is that I don't know if that's the right question. I'm not sure what the right question is. But whenever people talk about work life balance, I'm like. Something's, something's wrong with the question. We should be asking a different question. And I would say that my answer to that question, it's not an answer to that question, but it's an answer to whatever question I think should be asked, is you want to always pursue things that are worth pursuing and not pursue things that are not worth pursuing, uh, which, which is hard. That's the process of a lifetime, right? Uh, not wasting time and so on and so forth, but basically making making quality decisions day after day after day. So anyway, sorry, this this last question. This one's a okay. We love this one. Oh, this one's good. <laughs> So if you could
1: live as one of these farmers in either of these time periods, four time periods coming up, um, which one would you find the most interesting to live as? Option one, as a Neolithic farmer in Ireland. Option two, as a Native American farmer in 1000 AD. Three, as a Roman farmer in 43 BC, when Julius Caesar is still in power, so 46 BC. And four, as a Egyptian farmer in 2496 B.C., roughly at the same time specific the dense. construction began. <laughs> <laughs> so my answer to this is quite fast. Um, number two, I would choose to be a Native American farmer in 1000 A.D. And here are my reasons. One, it's super broad. So if you choose Native American farmer, I can choose where in the Native <laughs> Americas. And anywhere I'm from anywhere from uh, Tierra del Fuego all the way up to Canada. So Yep, I can pick a spot. Um, the second reason is I, I am amazed by Native American farming, particularly because of maize. And here we go. We'll never stop now. <laughs> is um, so maize doesn't require threshing. Uh, wheat does require threshing. Maize does not require beasts of burden. Ma- wheat does require beasts, beasts of burden. In order to plow and do all that stuff, you kind of need your team of oxen. And so like in many senses, it's easier. Oh, and also you can grow like three, twice as much food in the same amount of land. So, I mean to get by and be relatively independent and to feel comfortable and also American, uh, fusion of agriculture with hunter gathering, uh, yeah. super common practice. They didn't raise animals for like livestock is not a thing in most of America. You've got like a few types of ducks, There's- turkeys, and then llamas if you go all the way to South America, yeah. but generally speaking, no. But what you do is you set up your cornfield and then you have a couple of kids with bows and arrows Waiting in the cornfield, and then when things come to munch on the corn, you munch on the things. And so I really like that. It's uh it's kind of a cool
0: thing, and the personal freedom and autonomy. I, I love that as well.
2: Yeah.
0: um parenthetically, I'm just going to jump in before I answer um uh, about Discord. I, I don't know very much about Discord, but I'm curious to look into it. I'm. Un, what am I understanding is, is it sort of like a? I've heard it described as like a Reddit, but just for your community. So, so I, we'll look into it. We're speaking of work-life balance, right? We're figuring out all those things. So um we're trying to figure out Instagram right now. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so good time anyway. um, And, and, and parenthetically again, as, as we work through that whole process, if you are, if you do uh feel like you could give us some kind of social media shout out, gosh, we would sure appreciate that. Uh, it's kind of hard to figure out how to advertise because our brand is so varied that it's, like we're doing so many things, right? That, word of mouth is probably going to be the best thing. That, that, hey, you know, word of mouth seems like as good a way as any, right? Um, uh, d- d- Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I can't see that question. Do you mind if Founds? for some reason my phone's just not behaving, right? So uh, my answer is the same kind of, right? Um, Native American farmer in 1000 AD. The main reason why I would be so curious about that um, as a farmer is because m- my understanding about uh, the Americas is that between the diseases that Europeans brought over, the uh, lack of Written records that survived, or in some cases any written, written records at all, um, and then also the fact that, particularly in South America, right, the the jungle just swallows these cities, swallows these ruins, right. Um, it's very hard to figure out what was going on in the Americas a thousand years ago. It's very hard, right. And so, so I would be really curious to to do that Native American farming thing because I would my my question would be something like, okay, well, you know, what's going on, right? I can get access to that information in a way that. You know, there's not, we don't have access to what Native Americans were doing a thousand years ago or two thousand years ago or three thousand years ago in the same way that, you know, a thousand years ago, we know what the Romans, well, the Romans were there a thousand years ago. 1500, two thousand years ago, we know what the Romans were doing, right? Like I can get a letter from a, from a, I can find a letter from a Roman farmer, right, and figure out what's going on in his life. But I'm not aware of any way that you can do that in the Native Americas. The archaeology, um, the history, and then even the genetics are just too scrambled right um it's it really is like you know the americas in some sense are like really a lost continent because even though we're here like we just don't really know as well as we do in europe for example what happened It's harder so pure curiosity curiosity curiosity. yeah yeah Um, i'm gonna cheat a little bit on the other two I, i would actually i'm really curious about the roman one and the egyptian one for for different reasons right the roman one because um uh, you know, there's there's a lot of comparisons between Rome and the United States. And I think in some ways, those comparisons are helpful and some they're not. I think you put it really well when you said, when people make that comparison, it makes me think I don't understand what Rome is and I don't understand what the United States is, yep. which I think is a really good answer. Um, but, but I think that there's also a helpful and productive way to approach that question. So I'd be really curious to be there uh, in 53 BC and be able to watch it all and kind of kind of drink it in and experience it and figure out what was going on socially and politically. Um, for for the Egyptians, I, I I'm kind of fascinated by the Egyptians, not so much because of their farming techniques, although that's cool too, um, but because the Egyptians are an, ex, are an excellent example of a hieratic civilization, which is a, a civilization that's centered around the temple and the combination of myth and ritual that you find in in, in, in temples. And I'm fascinated by ancient temples, so 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 fascinated. Um, and so if I could be a farmer in 2496 BC and get information about the temples, that would be a very 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 tempting. Proposition for me. Um, right. And one thing we were we were mentioning the other stream is that it's hard for people to realize like how old Egypt is. Yeah. Right. I think I think that the, the idea is that we're 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 closer in time to Cleopatra than Cleopatra was to the pyramids, right? So there's less time between us and Cleopatra than between Cleopatra and the pyramids, and you're just like, oh my gosh, like Egypt, Egypt is just sitting there for thousands of years doing, you know, as you said, roughly the same thing. Their art style is so consistent between the old kingdom and the new kingdom,
1: right, driving all the way up to like 300. AD it's like this is the same civilization same consistent everything proceeding more or less
0: unchanged for you know two and a half thousand years and that's just not true for other civilizations Rome gets 1200 years the United States is so young it's only 200 400 years old if you count from Jamestown um you know even England right uh, like Alfred and Egbert are like 500 AD I think so that's 1500 years of Royal lineage, roughly speaking, right. I mean, there's the Norman invasion, but, but roughly speaking, right. But all of that is just peanuts compared to compared to Egypt. Egypt is just so so old. <laughs> if, if I had to choose
1: between, you know, a place to farm, uh, my first choice is Native American farmer. There's some lifestyle reasons for that, and also yeah. curiosity in America. But uh, in addition to that, uh, my second choice would be Egypt, and the reason for that is the Nile provided such to close off a consistent Provided so, such a consistent way of life because the regular flooding of the Nile allowed them to, you uh, go. allowed them to have food consistently. And so, in Egypt, is a place where I can feel really confident that my children are not going to starve. And that's a big deal. And so, which is really
0: nice, right? Yeah. That's that's a real plus—not yeah, starving really big and dying. Thing. Um, okay, so we're going to have to give up the booth in just a second here. So I'm going to leave Joseph to do the outro. Thank you all very much for for listening. It's been great to talk to you. And we'll we'll see you around. Thank so. you so much for watching the podcast and tuning into this live
1: stream. We appreciate you guys, all 12 of you watching. And uh, we hope that you enjoy our future
2: material. We'll talk to you later. Bye.